0: This is Seattle's Morning News. Let's talk about the Manhattan Project. You remember that. The U.S. military spared no expense to build the first nuclear bomb, and we did it, and we won World War II, and it was right here in Washington State that all that weapons-grade plutonium was made. But there was no time to mess with environmental regulations, and so Washington State is still dealing with that waste and its consequences to this day. There's an area along the Columbia River known as the Hanford Reservation, 640 square miles of restricted land, which serves as the sarcophagus for all that waste. And there are workers who are taking care of it every day. And that sets the stage for the latest Supreme Court case involving Hanford. Let's go to former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. So tell us about this latest case, Rob.
1: This case is about a 2018 Washington law that requires the Department of Labor and Industries to presume that radiological and chemical exposures at the Hanford nuclear reservation caused any neurological diseases or respiratory illnesses that are claimed by past or current employees of Hanford contractors. It also says that uh, that many types of cancer are also presumed to be caused by working at Hanford. Now, this is significant because normally when you put in a worker's comp claim, you have to prove that your illness wasn't caused by something else in your life, and you had to prove that you were exposed to a specific chemical that caused your illness. The problem for Hanford workers has been that there have been 1,500 different volatile toxic gases found in the waste. At Hanford's underground tanks that the radioactive waste uh, is stored in these huge underground tanks that creates a, a stew uh, of, uh, of radioactivity and various gases that these workers can be exposed to uh, gases that can be carcinogenic and can cause neurological problems. So um, the workers have been arguing for years that they shouldn't have to prove Exactly, which chemical caused their illness, and they shouldn't Mm -hmm. have to prove that it wasn't something else in their life. They're saying, look, this is the most toxic work site in the country, and we think that the burden of proof is unfair to us. So the state said, okay, we agree. And now, when the Department of Labor and Industries decides to approve a claim for compensation, they'll do so based on this new standard. The key is that the Federal Department of Energy pays the cost Mm -hmm. of the approved claims. Because it's self-insured. So the federal government is saying, look, this is too much. You're imposing a standard that we have to pay for that doesn't apply to any other workers in Washington state. And you're not allowed to do that because of a doctrine called intergovernmental immunity, which prevents states from regulating federal operations or property.
0: Wait a second. I mean, they the feds came in. They took over the town of Hanford. They gave residents 30 days notice of eviction in 1943, moved them all out put all this stuff in, didn't bother to regulate it. I understand why. We're in a rush, right? But now they're yeah. worried about what it might cost?
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's right. And for the, again, to, to, just to let people know who aren't from around here, as I say, not around here originally, Hanford is now the site of one of the most expensive government construction projects in world history. It is the project to try to remediate the remaining radioactive waste that's stored at Hanford to basically vitrify it to encase it in solid glass after many decades of, of making plutonium and enriching uranium there are uncounted tons of chemicals that uh, have been produced in radioactive waste to your point they're they don't want to pay for these extra workers comp costs for workers who say they've been injured and it is interesting they're taking that position they might they might also be concerned though Dave that if Washington state can take this position on this federal project, that Mm -hmm. they could take it on other federal projects in Washington and other states could do the same thing. So they, as usual, they might be concerned
0: about the precedent. All right. Well, we'll see what they decide on that. In the meantime, there's another case, which I think is pretty interesting, where Clickitat County claimed a portion of the Yakima Indian reservation. What happened in that case?
1: This case arises from some ambiguous language in the treaty that territorial governor Isaac Stevens drafted uh, between the United States and the Yakima Nation, where he wrote that the reservation's southwestern border, the Yakima tribe's southwestern border, passed south and east of Mount Adams to, quote, the spur whence flows the waters of the Klickitat and Pisco rivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, the tribe says there was no such spur, and that they have always understood their reservation boundary encompasses the eastern half of Mount Adams and another uh, tract of land called Tract D. But Klickitat County uh, has been fighting them over this for, oh, close to 60 years now, That dating back to uh, a case in front of the Indian Claims Commission in 1966. And at every stage that I've been able to identify, every stage of this litigation dating back to 1966, the tribe has won. Their position has been affirmed, and that included... An executive order issued by President Nixon in 1972, by federal surveyors in 1982, and and other court cases. And finally, they got up to the the Clickitat County, got up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and they denied the county's appeal without comment. Uh, So we don't know what the court's reasoning was to side with the Yakima Nation, but we do know the Yakimas have a pretty high batting average when it Mm -hmm. comes to uh, defending their treaty rights in the U.S. Supreme Court. They had another big win back in 2019, for example.
0: Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thank you.
1: Thanks, Dave.